Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bordner and the uh, vengeful Nick Protopapas. Oh, uh, it's good to be back, everyone. I'm here yeah. for, um, you know, a little venge. Uh, is is venge? Hey, what's... Is, is Revenge isn't venge, I guess, right? I mean, I, I they like, you know, if you're vengeful, you are here for revenge. Oh. Huh. So then, I I don't know. It's interesting because it, revenge because has venge in the word. So it seems like you venged me at one point, and now it's mm-hmm. you know I'm revenging you. That's fair. I think there's yeah. something that I should look up real fast before we uh, you know, make asses of, of ourselves on this uh, public podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm back. I'm here to um, you know, elicit revenge. I suppose. Um. Why? Why am I doing that? Uh, because because you've wronged me somehow, which I will reveal later when I think of something funny. So it looks like it's sort of, you know, an archaic version of to avenge, to venge. Okay, yeah, yeah, so revenge. That's really all I can find. This, I, this is very confusing, but I think I think I get the picture. I mean, I just sort of insert revenge for venge full. Mm-hmm. I'm revengeful, but that doesn't sound good. Right. Yeah. Anyways, I'll try to keep a calm manner throughout just to, you know, keep the flow of the show going, but I am going to get sure, you. Of course. Too. Yeah. I'm going to get you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you doing? Well, that's good because we, we, hmm? sorry, were you going to say something? <laughs> I said, how are you doing? Oh, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. You know, summer's almost here. I'm I'm almost done with finals, so that is good news for me. Yeah, it would be a shame if anything were to happen to you. Mm. Is is that? I guess that is a threat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you want to move on? <laughs> you hear, about, hear about my thing, or maybe I'll hear about your thing. Who's uh, thing? Yeah, sure. Yours? How about we start with you? All right, why don't we start with my thing? Um, my thing this week is uh, the Midnight Gospel, which has been a little, a little, little fire on Netflix the last few weeks. It's a new show from uh, Adventure Time creator Pendleton. That I think I said that right. Um, Ward and um, <laughs> the cartoon, you know, obviously, but this time it's a little more adult. So the first time I saw the trailer for this, I was like, ah, this looks sort of like grossed out, a little like Rick and Morty kind of, you know. We're gonna gross you out. It's a cartoon. Bet you didn't expect it to be adult. Um, but then I gave it a chance because, of course, I love Adventure Time, and uh, I know that I think you watched it probably before me, and you had said that it was pretty cool. Um, so I, you know, I had something going into it, and I watched it late at night, which is when I like to watch cartoons these days. Um, mm-hmm. Which is perfect. Also, the name indicated I should do that, and it's true. You should do that. Um, and I agree. It, yeah. It's it's a it's a very interesting show. It's probably the most unique show I've ever seen, just ever. Um, and it's it, it's definitely kind of like a twist. I guess the concept is a twist. Like the concept itself, it's very cool. Um, the idea is that there's this guy named Clancy, and he enters this simulator with like virtual worlds, and he interviews people in these worlds for his podcast, his space cast is what it's called. Uh, <laughs> and what's going, you know, the, the, the big fun thing, at least for me is that, you know, 
when you're in it, the, the podcast aspect is very, you know, naturalistic. It, it feels like a real conversation. Um, and it's pretty much only focused on that conversation. And that conversation tends to be philosophical. You know, it, it's just sort of, it's a very, hey, let's talk about this one thing for a really long time. And then they do that for the whole episode. But in the background, within the world, is sort of, you know, a totally crazy, wild, sort of gross-out even situation. Um, which, you know, and those two things contrast, um, which, you know, I think is is pretty funny. Like, not in a, like, haha, I'm laughing way, but, like, subtly funny always. And, like, I don't really ever get sick of the joke because the things in the background are always so interesting to look at. And that's another thing is that this show is very, I don't want to say pretty, but, like, very good to look at. Um, and it's, I mean, it's definitely built for like people who are high, like the whole show, the whole concept, but like, you know, even when I wasn't, it was like very, it's like, I don't know, like almost like faded, a little watercolor-ish, you know, colors, like not, I don't want to say, you know, it doesn't look like watercolor, but the, the colors are sort of wild, but also dimmer. Like they're not like pow, pow, pow colors. Uh, and <laughs> the, the way it's animated, it looks like a little more like stop motion than most cartoons. Cause it's, it, you know, it seems that like the, the frames are, there's, there's less going on each time someone moves, but it's also very flowy and like wild things are happening. Cause it's a simulation. Um, and it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty crazy world, sort of like adventure time. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just really good more as an experience than a show for me. Cause there's like, I don't want to say there's no plot, but like, there's no plot. Like he just goes in and has a conversation with someone and you do get like character stuff, you know, in the season and you get stuff where he's outside of the simulations, but it's, it's really very mood focused and I enjoy it for that. Um, it's also pretty funny. I mean, it's not like heavily focused on being funny. It can be funny. Um, but it, it really is focused in on those conversations, which are, which are good. I mean, it's just sort of like entering a conversation with a friend in a way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, something we need to establish, uh, which we sort of talked about yesterday, is that the show is like an adaptation of an actual podcast uh, by Dun Duncan Trussell. Um, and so the, a lot of the conversations that are in these episodes um, are, you know, recordings from that uh, with, with new animations added and occasionally new lines. Um, and like the framing sequences are uh, entirely new. Um, but that's sort of some of the interesting kind of adaptation that goes on this show uh, in sort of the production, because you're not entirely sure at all times what elements are original to the show and what are just from the podcast. Um, and sort of something I was thinking about watching it was like how much of an authorial voice does like Penn Ward have uh, in this show? And I, I sort of settle on the answer that like probably a lot given how much the the animation and, and even just the the added lines are adding to the meaning of the show you know yeah it, it definitely i mean like i think about episodes where like the person clancy is talking to is like a family member and, and that makes me go wait a moment like there's little things like i didn't know it was a podcast the first time around and then someone told me that and i was like it, it's very confusing to me how much of it is um but you know if you don't worry about it too much then it's just very enjoyable like like there's one where he's talking to death, but like, mm -hmm. you know, and it's very explicit that it is death. Like that's a conversation they have at the beginning. It's like, Oh, I'm death. Like blah, 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 blah. And then that like very, like that so naturally flows into the actual conversation about death that I like wouldn't even know where they started the, the excerpts and where, 
they wrote something. You know what I mean? Right. I think the thing that I'm I'm pretty sure of is that the excerpts um, start when the title sequence happens, when like you see the Midnight Gospel show up on the title. Um, but it, you know, obviously there are little inserts of um, added dialogue here and there. Yeah, it's one of those cases where I don't really know what's going on, but whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it's. <laughs> um, yeah, let me see if there's anything else I want to say. Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty good show for pretty much anyone, just because like it will. It's one of those things where like it will put you in the right mood. Like you don't have to like want to be in that. You know what I mean? Like you're watching a very happy yeah. movie, like a very good happy movie will just make you happy instead of like you needing to be in the right mood to see it. I don't know. Um, another I've thing to I'll... a lot of people, I've talked to a lot of people who like sort of view the show as therapeutic and I can definitely see that even though I, I, I didn't really have that experience with it. Huh? Yeah, no, I definitely did. I mean, it was more like relaxing, I guess. I'm not sure if it was mm-hmm. therapeutic. Yeah. Another thing I liked a lot that I will mention is that when he goes into different worlds, he often, as a new body, like a simulated body. And I really, I just really like that. <laughs> I think it's pretty great that like <laughs> the show can operate with the main character being in like different bodies almost always. Like, I think, I think that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. And that sort of plays into an arc about materialism that he has later on in this season. Yeah. 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 I, I like that he uses the simulations as an escape, like very clearly and like, like I even I want him to be escaping because I find it more interesting than his real life. I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's a really well put together show. Yeah, I also just think that like Penn Ward, as at least an art director, and I guess as just a full director for this show, is like a really smart choice. Just because it it even if it's like obviously a different sort of maturity level than Adventure Time in a certain way, um, like there's still the same kind of um philosophical observation that is made in a lot of Penn Ward's other work. Um like it's not quite always as silly uh as something like Adventure Time, but it's still got the same sort of uh tone as a lot of his other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well uh, that's pretty much what I have to say. I've been I've been mm-hmm. recommending it all around town. Like I've told maybe five, six people to watch this, so it's uh it's definitely something I, I feel that I'm heavily recommending. Yeah. So my thing for this week is a also something from Netflix. It's a movie called The Half of It. Um, so this is a, a, a very charming movie. It's directed by Alice Wu. Um, and so the setup of this is, is that it's set in a small town and it follows this teenage girl uh, named Ellie Chu. And her family is... Uh, or her and her dad are the like only Chinese people in town. It's a very white uh, town. Um, and so to some degree, she's ostracized uh, because of that. You know, not the most, but she is bullied. Um, and the other, the, the flip side of that is that she's also pretty much the smartest kid in her class. Um, and so she uh, is paid by pretty much everybody uh, in her grade uh, to write their essays and the teacher actually knows about this and is okay with it because otherwise she would be reading a bunch of crap, uh, which is pretty funny to me. Um, and so uh, the core thrust of the movie is that uh, this jock guy, uh, Paul, 
uh, comes up to her one day and says, hey, you know, I, I, I really want to ask this girl out. Um, Aster is her name. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm not very good at speaking and I'm very awkward. Uh, and I, I need you to write a letter sort of in the same manner that you write these essays for people. Uh, I'll pay you, you know, and, and then I can maybe ask her out via letter. Um, and so initially, uh, Ellie decides not to do this. Uh, she's resistant to the idea. Um, and eventually, you know, she, she does. Um, and what we learn is that Ellie also has a crush on this girl. Uh, and hijinks ensue from there. Um, so from, from there, I think it's like, you know, not the most, um, you know, unique uh, idea for a plot, but it is something just because of the twist that you don't really see too often. Um, and there's a lot of individual texture and character detail added to the movie um, that I think makes that sort of work. Um, you know, I, I think my major um, problem with the film, if there's like any, um, is that I think there are like elements in the climax where the movie kind of breaks down. Uh, I, I feel like there was a lot of storytelling legwork that needed to happen to get to the beats that they wanted to do, uh, but that didn't happen. So I found it, you know, either a bit of a mess or it was unsatisfying or... or kind of confusing at the end. Um, you know, I think the denouement really works in a weird way, uh, but I think, you know, the, the middle chunk near the end uh, doesn't quite add up for me. Um, otherwise, it's it's a really delightful movie. Um, the the main focus of it is sort of the character interplay between these these two kids who are after the same girl. Um, you know, and, and so I, I like that you have these two characters... Uh, who are just equally incompetent um, in very different ways um, and fuck up a lot, but are just endearing. And it's, it's, it's generally very delightful to see them grow together, um, which is, you know, always a plus for me. Um, there are ways in which it is very much like a teen romance comedy thing. Um, but I think it has, you know, a, such a strong sense of place um, and of its own characters that it didn't come off feeling uh, quite as generic as a lot of movies like um, Love, Simon, or, or To All the Boys I've Loved Before have for me. Um, like, I feel like the the characters in, in place in this movie feel a lot more individual than those, which, to some degree, those films have always felt to me, like, you know, a bit too CW, a bit too, like, Disney Channel. Um, like, the, there are parts of them that feel inorganic, um, which is not, mostly not the case with this film. Uh, which is something I sort of applauded for. Hmm. I have to say, Joe, I'm surprised. I saw, I saw the trailer for this, and I went, oh, that looks really stupid. Um, <laughs> the movies you're describing. But um, that's good, because I always like having a um, sort of stupid teen movie in my backlog for when I'm really feeling like that late at night. And then I just watch that and fall asleep. So this this will be there. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I, th I think... I think there are parts of it you'd really enjoy. Um, I think there are some some very silly bits of comedy, especially early in the movie, that uh, you'd probably like a lot. Um, I think I think you know it's not a movie for everybody. Um, there are, like I said, I I don't think the climax really works, and they, there are parts that do come off as a little generic um, in sort of that teen movie way. 
Um, but overall, I think it's it's a you know three and a half four star movie uh, for me. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's what I want. I, I wanna. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I think I ran out of them on Netflix. Like all those, you know what I'm talking uh, about? Like the older yeah. one, with the Wallflower, and the one about now Perks of being a Wallflower. Yeah, the one with now. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I just, I ran out recently, so this is good. This is good for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now I don't have to leave. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a unique perspective in a way, because I feel like, you know, this sort of movie is always told from like the dude's perspective and there are always two dudes and one girl, uh, you know, and, and that isn't the case with it, with this one, which just sort of, you know, does give it at least a bit of an angle that I think it otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, shall we move on to our main topic? Uh, I think we shall. So today, Nick, we were talking about... Clone Wars. Clone Wars, baby. And then, and then something Clone like Wars. Nick and Joe recording in the middle of their podcast, and uh, it's a big problem because Nick interrupted Joe with singing the the the, the Star Wars music. <laughs> now they're trapped <laughs> in in the middle of this bit, and there's no way out. Yeah, it's how Clone Wars goes. And then a wise quote. Yeah, also a wise quote. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's like you know they didn't put that much effort into it, so it's like you know good always defeats evil except when it doesn't yeah 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 um, <laughs> um sometimes shooting people is okay if you're in a war <laughs> uh yeah okay so today we're talking about uh clone Wars season seven i want to specify we're not going into the the previous show too much although i'm sure we'll touch upon it occasionally um yeah, so this this uh, show has just wrapped uh, season finale yesterday uh, as we're recording this, um, and you know I, I I thought this season was overall a mixed bag, but I think it had a really strong conclusion um, for sort of these characters, uh, the 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 show original ones at least, uh, Rex and Ahsoka. Uh, yeah, I mean I was. You know, I was just looking forward to having more because it had been gone for a long time and it was my favorite and it, it sort of just got canceled, not even because it was bad, not even because, like, not even for any reason except for Disney bought Star Wars and they were like, you know, it'd be better mm-hmm. than Rebels. And, it, and Rebels wasn't better. <laughs> um, so it's, it's for, for me, I mean, when I found about, the, you know, the new season, like, probably like two years ago, right? I mean, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, I was like... I like, I like, I had like a, like a, like a fan, fanboy moment. I mean, I, I don't usually ever, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's cool or that's not. But when I heard it was coming back, I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> literally. Um, and I was super excited. Um, and then as it approached, you know, we found out that, oh, there's only gonna be 12 episodes and, you know, eventually figured out there's not gonna, like, basically they're just sort of gonna try to, you know, wrap it up more than anything else, more than like continue it or revive it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. so for me, it was really exciting just to get like anything else and like mainly coming in for like the, the last arc, right? Like, I mean, like the last story they were going to tell that they had the intention. Yeah. Yeah. And like getting to the end of the story, right. In a way. Um, yeah. 
So, I agree. And, and you know, the, the interesting thing about Clone Wars is the, the central sort of idea here uh, that I think would probably be pretty challenging is, is how do you end an anthology show? Um, and I think, I think what they settled on was they, they put out, you know, three distinct arcs and one of those is going to be the, the big finale. Um, and two of them are just going to be kind of whatever. Uh, one of the, the first one, even bad batch is, is just a recreation of one of the, the, uh, arcs that they already had done basically. Um, well, I, I so think, that was interesting for me. I think Joe that they, you know, more or less had some of the, you know, next seasons planned, definitely written. Yeah. Um, and then I think some of them had animatics already. Um, but I think the Ahsoka ones did too. You look, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, they had, they have more or less a plan for at least, you know, a big chunk of episodes. And so I, I wouldn't blame them for not making something new. I think they, they sort of had the plan and just wanted to make it. Mm-hmm. Not to, not to harp too much on this, but I, I think, you know, uh, my problem with the first eight episodes or so of the season, because it's 12 episodes, um, is that it does kind of feel like uh, Dave Filoni, who's the showrunner, um, and to some extent the rest of the crew, uh, are, are a little bit on autopilot, um, from my observations, in the way that a fair amount of Clone Wars is kind of, um, you know, uh, the crew on autopilot. Because there are episodes that, you know, I don't, I don't really care if it contributes to the overall plot, but often I feel like there are or there were episodes in Clone Wars um, that felt insubstantial or didn't really add to the characters much. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't say quite that that's what we have here, but there are episodes where the characters are running in circles um, in the middle of an arc, p- particularly in the second arc, where there's a whole episode um, that sort of ends the same way it began. Um, and we learn a little bit more about the characters, but I, d- I don't really know if... Like, like there is definitely ways to to compress uh, a lot of the stories that are being told here and in that way make them more efficient. I think I've said this on the show before when I was sort of checking in with Clone Wars, um, but I feel like there are a lot of arcs in Clone Wars that are stretched out to four episodes that could be like maybe made a solid two or even one, um, and then we'd call them really good TV. Um, and maybe that that's just a, a personal opinion of mine on this show. Uh, I know you're generally like, way uh hotter on it than i am um yeah i mean i definitely agree with you definitely about the ahsoka arc where it's like that one was very slow and for like pretty much no reason um and normally i don't care that much but i was a little bit like eh, like nothing's happening uh just because we didn't have that many episodes left um Mm -hmm. that being said i know that you didn't like the first batch of episodes that much and i was okay with them because things were happening and it was, it was a little bit random, but you know, for me it worked. It was like entertaining all the way, but definitely not for the second, the like Ahsoka solo stuff. I thought that the, I think the third episode of that was like, you know, some of the most ridiculous like TV episode I've ever seen just because they literally end up in the same place and nothing has changed. Um, and it's like, why is this an episode? Like you could, you could, you could not watch it and not notice anything. And you, you know what I mean? Like if you skip yeah, that, I mean- you, the, um, the thing about that episode, it, for me, is that it could be so much better served by, like, it being a just a bottle episode, where they're, like, stuck in this cell, and they have to talk to each other and finally get along. But that's not what happens. They go on a, a whole crazy adventure, um, and then they get right back to where they started from. 
Yeah, it was pretty silly. Um, you know, that being said, Clone Wars is always a little bit like that with just like randomness and like, oh, <laughs> weird C-3PO episode. Like, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like Jar Jar. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this, you know, as silly as it sounds, there's something I like about sort of the the randomness of where anything could go. Um, but, you know, that being said, that was the first eight. And I think the big the big bang here was the was the, the final arc, the, the last four episodes. So why don't we just jump into talking about that? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I really agree. I, I think these final four episodes are really strong. I, uh, the other day, uh, my brother, Ben, who's been on the show before, uh, told us that uh, these episodes were actually like mocap or mocap animated, um, which like really plays into like they just look really good the the lighting is great the cinematography the character movement and the action scenes it's just fantastic um and that's sort of one of the major things i want to talk about just how good this show looks yeah i mean it's been some years since the thing and like i think they really went all out with the like background paintings because i guess they have you know they have 3d going on and then in the background they do paintings um and you can kind of tell but like also like they just look really great, and I'm thinking especially of sort of that last shot in the snow. I was just like, "Wow, this is like a mm-hmm. whole new level." So they definitely went all out with that stuff and the visuals, and you know, as always, the action sequences just really good, especially the lightsaber stuff in this last arc with Ahsoka and the uh, Maul. Um, yeah, I think that's probably some of the best lightsabering I've ever seen. Maybe I don't know. Second opinion. Uh, you know, I I think a lot of uh, the stuff we see in, you know, something like Last Jedi is, uh, you know, a bit more interesting in terms of setting. Uh, although I guess in that... What did you just say? Joe, Last Jedi doesn't have any lightsaber fights. Uh, it has the throne room one, which is really cool. They don't use, they use lightsabers for like two seconds of that, Joe. Mm, it's like five minutes. Joe, fight me. I think, I think that fight is it's a cool cooler fight, than... I would the... not classify it as a lightsaber fight. Buddy. They're using lightsaber. Okay, they're, it's sure. not they lightsaber really on lightsaber. Okay, with them pushing each other at the force. Before that, they don't have their lightsabers for a bit. Okay, you're right. I know. You're right. Yeah. You, you, also, I, I. Cool. Okay, I guess you're right in that technically, Last Jedi has no real lightsaber on lightsaber action. Uh, although the the bit with Luke at the end is, I think, you know, maybe one of the most iconic, uh, quote unquote, lightsaber fights. Even though no fighting actually there's happens. No <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like yeah, it. Look, I like point, it. I'm not going to argue with you about that, but I think that it's not a lightsaber fight. So maybe this is the coolest. Okay, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I, yes. I think, you know, I <laughs> think really those cool. were better constructed fight scenes, but you've won in that they're technically not lightsaber on lightsaber fights. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, the last arc does the opposite of the, the things we were complaining about just now, where like, things yes. are constantly happening so much faster than you would expect because it's like mm-hmm. the weird thing where it's like blending into episode three um and it's like i was just sort of i was all every episode ended and i was like okay so well except for the first one i was like so how far are they going into this because because first you're like okay maybe the climax will be like defeating maul right maybe mm-hmm. that's the climax and then that sort of just happens and you're like oh maybe the climax will be like order 66 and then that sort of just happens and you still have like another episode to go um <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that sort of just like 
because you know you you were talking about how to end an anthology show but like how do you end an anthology show between two movies that are sort of already doing the the big plot like yeah. you know what i mean like that's such an awkward position um so you know I, I really respect that they went through like the big things and like kept doing it really fast to keep it like very exciting and like very like i'm thinking especially of like the beginning of the third episode where it's like okay you got mall and then there's just this like very silent scene with like escalating tension because you, you you're waiting for order 66 to happen and i, I like the way they played with what we know already um to still make some really exciting and like eventful episodes yeah and at the same time like pretty much none of it is just like an animated version of episode three like they 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 because what i was expecting to some degree was that we would get a few scenes here and there that were just like redos of what we saw in revenge of the sith but that's like not what happens they ahsoka you know gets a vision at one point of a scene uh that happens it's not animated again or anything yeah yeah it's just like it's she hears around, the, the dialogue the hand cut off and then thrown out a window <laughs> <laughs> i wonder whose voice they used for that did they use the original audio it sounded to me like the original audio which was kind of weird it's funny because it wasn't awkward i think yeah this has sounded pretty similar so that's cool um yeah they might have they might have redone it I don't know. It's possible. You get little check-ins like, oh, Dooku's dead now, like Anakin's missing or something, things like that, which is which is good just for like mm-hmm. knowing where you are in the timeline. And I, I like that. I like it. I dig it. Um, yeah. yeah. It definitely makes me more excited for a movie I don't really like. Uh, um, <laughs> interesting one thing. Um, but yeah, it sort of goes through like some big action sequences. You know, it, it, it leaves off some of the characters because it's a prequel, you know, all intents and purposes like you know that Maul's going to escape, you know, you know, Ahsoka is going to survive, that sort of thing. Like, um, but it's sort of mm-hmm. going through it. And we end up with an ending that's a little more, I don't know, what would you describe that ending like, Joe? Um, I think it's a little more, you know, contemplative than, than what I was sort of expecting. Yeah. Because there's not really a big fight. Right. There sort of is, but not really. Yeah, not right. I mean, there's... There's a big action sequence, but I, I think if you looked at those four episodes together, you would see the bigger one as like her and Maul, you know, that's sort mm-hmm. of the action one. And then you get the emotional one with Order 66, I would say. Um, yeah. And the thing about this show is it like one of my one of my complaints about it is it is so frequently just like shooty stabby. Most of the episode is just like, you know, a big fight scene um, and there, there's not much real character stuff. Um these episodes completely turn on that because, you know, the, the central thrust of this is sort of Ahsoka deciding, you know, and this follows up from the, the middle arc that we didn't really like, uh, but like it's Ahsoka deciding what kind of, you know, person she wants to be if she's not going to be a Jedi. Um, and, and, you know, she has this force ability. What does she do with that if she's not going to fit into the binary that's been established? Um, and you know, I, I think I like where they end up, which is that she's going to be a good person or try to do good. Um, even if that like, you know, doesn't fit into, into any categories. Um, and even if she can't sometimes, because one of the really striking things about the final episode is that it is both so empathy driven because it's all about the characters not wanting to kill any of the clones 
um, who have turned on them because they've been, you know, brainwashed because of Order 66. Um, but at the same time, they don't succeed because all of the clones die on the on the ship that they're on. Right. Because um, the ship crashes. Um, and, like, Ahsoka and Rex uh, give them a memorial. Um, they have, like, the, these, uh, you know, sticks in the ground with uh, clone trooper helmets on them. Um, and that's really touching. But at the same time, it's not a win. It's not like a clean victory of any kind. It's not like a nobody dies ending. Yeah. Um, you know, like you would see in in like, you know, remember the bit in Doctor Who uh, where he's like, nobody dies. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I was sort of expecting an emotional beat like that. Um, and that that isn't what happened. There's no last minute save, which is really impressive because it, I still feel you know the 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 empathy that's driving these characters and like the 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 will to do good um and good by like her people that ahsoka has yeah the the heads on the sticks that was a really good visual for me um mm -hmm. and I, I i think it's interesting that you you know you mentioned that because you know when i thought about it when i was watching it i was like man this this really was a kid show about a a war that the good guys will lose you know what i mean like yeah, that's how it always was going to be. So well, it's it's well, not even that because I think something they explore here is that there aren't good guys in this war. That's like true. you know, I, I I think really can there be good guys in any war? Is I think something that the Clone Wars right. tries to explore. I don't think quite gets to a proper conclusion about. I think you know these episodes are the closest you sort of come to that. Uh, well, where maybe, it's like, yep, war is good. bad. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, um, I don't know. The Clone Wars as a show is the closest Star Wars sort of comes to analyzing what war means. Or I guess I guess Last Jedi does this too, but sort of in a subplot. Um, and you know, I, I I wish I wish really both of them went farther uh, with that, just because Clone Wars doesn't really flesh out the idea, and and Last Jedi kind of only touches on it um, to the extent. Well, like you know, bad people are funding both sides of the war um and you know i i wish there there was more development of this concept especially in clone wars because it is a serialized narrative and i, I don't think we quite reach a conclusion on what that means like yeah I, I think the show is sort of trying to get us there but i i don't know if we've done like the proper like thematic or narrative legwork you know um yeah, I mean, I sort of buy into it just with, like, Ahsoka's, like, uh, decision to leave the Jedi. I think that works sort of when it happens and then also now. And I, I know mm -hmm. that's a small portion of the show, but I feel like, you know, if they're making up for lost time, that's, that's you know, kind of a good way to do it. Uh, I think the other thing is that, like, like, it's weird again, but, like, some of what you have to take in as the whole, like, story is, like, what happens in Episode 3. You know what I mean? And, like, they're, they're setting up all yeah. about the Jedi. Oh, the Jedi are bad, you know. Not bad, but, like, you know, more corrupted than they need to be. I like the beat they do in these episodes where the Jedi is considering taking power of the Senate temporarily. I thought that was a really mm -hmm. good moment and it sort of enhanced the ideas to me in a more extreme way because, like, that makes sense, but it wasn't... I don't think that was really, you know, uh, talked about in episode three that much, right? Uh, not really, I don't think. That's a, that's a very dangerous idea, you know what I mean? Like, hey, we're going to, like we the Jedi, we're supposed to be the peacekeepers, we're going to, like, take over the government now. Like, that's wild, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and it, also, yes, they're meant to be peacekeep 
sorry, they're meant to be peacekeepers. Um, but, you know, as Clone Wars, I think, actually does firmly establish, like, the Jedi at this point are really just tools of war. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I liked, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I liked the thing you were saying about Ahsoka. I didn't get to jump in then, but I'll quickly say it now, is that, you know, she's not exactly following, uh, like, strictly good rules, I guess you say, or strictly anyone else's rules. Like, she... A surprise to me lets Maul out as a like diversion and Maul is like a terrible guy <laughs> um <laughs> I like the way that she sort of decided that was the right thing to do and didn't question herself that much and even though it was a little bit of a wild choice you know what I mean yeah um yeah so that was cool um yeah I, I don't know I mean it's a little weird to talk about because the things that happen are you know, she beats Maul, stuff like that. But some other stuff I really liked was the way, you know, they were building up to episode three stuff through, like, sort of, you know, there's an interesting perspective that you get from these episodes of, like, which characters knew what, if that makes sense. Like, there was mm-hmm. this sense of build up to the dark side taking over. You get, like, Maul building that up. You get, he wants Anakin. Like, I thought that was interesting. Like, Maul was, you know, trying to play a part in. In, in was he trying to stop it what was his deal uh he was trying to stop it right i don't remember exactly i'm i'm pretty sure that's why he wanted anakin to show up and i thought that was okay. a beat for well maul and also just like I, I this is a weird thing to say but like you know there's this force in star wars where it's like destiny and fate right sort of um i like the way that mm-hmm. these other characters these side characters are sort of observing and almost trying to influence the the fate of anakin which is i don't know this this thought is a little bit um confusing but i know that sort of makes sense i I like i like that they were trying to stop something that was going to happen and they sort of knew about it sort of Mm -hmm. um and i like the way they interact with those ideas i don't know like i I like Ahsoka and in anakin where she's like sort of aware that something bad's going on, but like can't really do anything about it. And that, you know, I think affects her at the end when she, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think she left those, those lightsabers knowing that someone would find them or cause she didn't bury it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, th- I think the, the weird thing about that beat is I think to some extent it's meant to be representative of her kind of leaving the Jedi order behind. Right. Her, um, right. Because Rex leaves- still sort of, puzzling over what it means for for uh anakin or vader to to pick them up at the end Hmm. yeah i don't know i i sort of like the idea that she Mm, well that's i feel like that's kind of a stretch but i like the idea that she left them knowing that you know they would be found in some way it's like more of a Hmm. because i mean i just feel like if she didn't she would like bury them in the ground or something i i don't know i don't know um (laughs) Maybe that doesn't really make sense. Um, it's I'm, I'm going to keep okay. it because I like it, but it doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, sure. Obviously, seeing Darth Vader is always cool, so that was cool. Um, I was confused. Yeah, so, doesn't Ahsoka have two lightsabers? Why did she only leave one? That was a little... Yeah, Ben, my brother also pointed this out to me, uh, and I, I I have not rewatched it yet, so I can't speak to that. Maybe she lost one at one point in the fight. That's possible maybe uh, yeah uh, yeah um 
yeah, I, I'd be interested to see basically um, how they're going to continue this because I think that the creators of the show are clearly invested in like, you know, Rex and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though they appear in Rebels and like, I guess Ahsoka is getting some other stuff going on in Mandalorian, I feel like there's still these sort of huge and almost very important gaps, you know, directly following what happened in these episodes. Yeah, I would be very interested in a cartoon set later in the timeline uh, that could explore that. I I know, you know, I've spoken to you that I want, you know, a a show set between eight and nine uh, that would sort of fix the problems that I have with nine uh, to some extent. Um, But, you know, I don't think that will really happen. And I also, I think you told me at one point that, that the second season of Resistance is set between eight and nine. Uh, so I don't know if that would really go through anyway. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no, it just it just seems to me like they like are invested enough that like something might happen with you know more of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like even like throwing Maul and Solo, like they're sort of following up on that. I sort of have this belief that more is coming, and I'm interested to see what that is. Yeah, and with with Dave Filoni being in charge of Mandalorian, he's now like very high up in the, the star Wars, uh, sort of business. Right. Um, so I think he's definitely got a lot of control over where this character goes. Yeah. Uh, when does Mandalorian take place again? Uh, it takes place five years after episode six. Okay. All right. Interesting. Wait, episode six. Also, I'm, I, I think we're still, yeah. Return huh. of the Jedi. Right. Right. Cause they're always like, Oh, the empire fell. Right. I remember that. Never mind. That's cool. Mm hmm. What were you saying? And the clones are like, or, or sorry, the stormtroopers are more like, you know, a mob boss organization than they are like the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Which is cool. Uh, there's, you know, there's there's whispers about um, re- more rebels, right? Really? I, I didn't know that. Not more rebels, like a rebels, another show, like, but more mm-hmm. like the things that happen in rebels. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I think you know everything's sort of on on hold for a little bit, so I'm interested. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of hyped. I'm kind of hyped for just more. I hope that whatever they do next, it's in a in a Clone Wars style because I don't like the Rebel style. <laughs> I guess that's my opinion. Yeah, I, the interesting thing about the Rebel style is it's supposed to be sort of imitating the concept art of like the Episode Four in the original Star Wars trilogy, right. um, which looks really cool. Uh, but I think the way it comes out in motion and just because I think they didn't have much of a budget, it looks just more like, you know, Disney Junior. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like, hey, remember how in Clone Wars everything was squares? Like, let's do everything as circles. And there's like no rough edge. Yeah. <laughs> I think really the, the finale of Clone Wars is like the best a Star Wars cartoon has ever looked, obviously. Yeah. Um, Re- Resistance is, you know, would look fine, but I think the color palette is just like too high contrast for me. Like it just doesn't look Star Wars. It does look a little weird. Yeah. Like there are just a bunch of like neons and and you know I haven't I haven't seen that much resistance, so I can't speak to like the quality of the show. Yeah. Like it you know it seems kind of cool, but yeah. I mean, it looks like that 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 you know Dragon Prince kind of thing, which is not my favorite, but yeah, I think. You know, maybe a little higher budget than Dragon Prince, but also uh, worse art direction. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
man, but I'm just like, I'm just sitting here and I'm just like really excited for more, but that was great. That was really great. And the way they like did the intros, I know we probably should talk about this at the beginning, but like the way they did the, Oh yeah. The last four was just like very like, I don't, I got giddy. They were like, not giddy. What do you call it? Like, like I was like, hooray. Yeah. Yeah. Giddy. That's giddy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they did it in red. They did the logo in red. They didn't do quotes. No quotes this time. You don't get quotes. It was just like um, part. It was just like part one through four in like uh, yeah. Roman numerals. Yeah, Roman numerals. That makes it cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm done talking about Clone Wars. I really like Clone Wars, though. Okay. <laughs> I think I, I want to add like sort of a final thought. Um, I really liked the moment. In I think it's episode or the final episode, um, where sort of all the clone troopers are facing down Rex and Ahsoka, and Rex is like, "Man, I, I," like he, he's sort of talking about um, the idea of killing the other clones who are essentially his brothers, um, and and Ahsoka takes off his helmet, and you can see that he's like just like finished crying, yeah, uh, that was which cool. is really good, and it's the kind of emotional moment that you don't get in Clone Wars. Like, because it, it's really raw. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was good because they're wearing helmets, so you can't. That was cool. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of cool stuff. So cool. <laughs> also, weird. Okay, sure. Like, I moved this, the pew, you know, like the, the laser. Like, how do you do that? That was weird. Also, oh, you can yeah. Mine, they like overpowered Maul for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, they just love Maul. They're like, Maul can read minds. It's like that really didn't need to be a beat. Like he could have just tortured them. I don't know. Right? What's wacky about Maul is <laughs> What's wacky about Maul is like, you know, so you get all this all this build up of the character throughout Clone Wars, and then he shows up again in Rebels and it's it's dropped because it just like it wasn't continuous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They they made the Maul stuff here after. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's with Maul, because like and like you're trying to build up Maul to like be this cool character, but like we know all the big things he's ever gonna do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and we no also know how we know how he's gonna die too, because that happens. Yeah, really right. lame. Super lame. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Maul gets up to, and like the worst he does is like have a criminal organization. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? I, yeah. Like, why is he in Solo? Like, I <laughs> this guy's not gonna do anything. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be, it'd be, I think that's one of the things where like it would be cooler if we didn't know, because then you could build him up to something cool again. Mm -hmm. I, like, what if he was a main thing in Rebels? Or like more of a main thing? If that would have been cooler, then it would have been like, oh, he does something. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I guess that's Maul, Maul's life is sort of just like a series of like almost being really cool and then being chopped in half, you know? <laughs> I guess that's his life. Sad, sad existence. All right. Now I'm done talking. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yes. Uh, so today, Nick, as we uh, as we always do, um, you know, something actually came up. Uh, something very important. Um, you know, Nick, it's all, all buddy. It's time for a new mutants update. Oh, really? Again? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Let me tell you what happened yesterday. <laughs> oh, please. Please tell me. <laughs> okay. So, as we all know, the movie was supposed to come out April 3rd of last month. Uh, you know, it was a very important time in our culture. Uh, we were all going to gather into the movie theater and watch 
this sure to be wonderful film. That was sarcasm. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's been delayed because of the pandemic. Um, and now it's, it's one of the few, uh, I think Disney movies, um, that doesn't have a new or at least temporary intended release date. Um, anyway, as of yesterday, uh, the movie was found to be up for pre-order on Amazon prime video, oh. uh, which means that it would be presumably streaming at some point in the near future. Interesting. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> yet again, we're talking about this movie in terms of the near future. Um, I, <laughs> this could be true. You know? Maybe they're going to do that thing where you pay like 20 bucks and then it's like you get the new movie earlier, you know? Yeah. I think as I understand it, um, there's a weird legal thing going on. Uh, because, you know, I feel like Disney would like to put this movie on Hulu or Disney Plus, um, and then they could just get uh, money from it in some way. Um, but I think the problem with that is that uh, before the, the Fox buyout happened, uh, Fox made a deal with HBO, which is that all of the movies uh, that they have that do a theatrical run um, have to go on, on HBO afterward. Um, and I think Disney doesn't want that to happen. So I think this is possibly a loophole for that. Oh, huh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. But, um, look, Jeff, if it comes out, I'll watch it. How about that? <laughs> I will pay money for it and, and watch it. And then we can talk about it. That's, that's what I don't know if the, I don't know if the price that was up yesterday was official. Um, because there's also like a link to the UK version, which is much cheaper. Um, but in America, it was up for $26. Yeah, I, I won't be watching the UK version. I wouldn't understand anything. $26? <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because they, you know, it's like, oh, I went to the movie theaters and I saw a new movie. That's what the onward was like, 20 right, right. Oh, for real? Yeah, this is like the new standard because it, you know, technically five people could watch it. Which is a better deal? Oh, is this what they did with? Is this what they did with like Trolls World Tour? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Have you heard about like the 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 dumb theater drama that's like happening with that? The theaters are mad. Yeah, AMC in particular has like decided that um you know they will never show Universal movies again. Really? Yeah, because Tro Trolls World World Tour made so much money on a uh, home video. That's funny. I thought it was like illegal. I thought they were suing them. I, I didn't really. I don't know about that. Oh, I didn't. I just sort of saw the headlines. If that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. That's funny. Um, I don't really know how this stuff works. Is it that they have some sort of contractual obligation to like only show it in theaters first? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think you know the theater industry is just sort of mad at uh, you know other means of distribution. It's sort of like how you know some people who like own comic book retailers get like really mad at the idea of like putting out digital issues. Uh, yeah. Cause they're supposed to get it first. That's how it, I mean, yeah, they, you know, they probably have some sort of like time, like from when it comes out that they're supposed to be the only ones showing it something like, you know what I mean? Like that's how theaters work in general. Right. Sure. I don't know. I yeah. don't really know though. We could look into it. I might do that actually. That sounds semi-interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, Universal movies, what are, what are we missing? Despicable Me, right? Uh, 
Is that universal? I thought so. I don't really know. Uh, Illumination is owned by... Because I'd rather see Minions 2 in theaters, you know? I I don't really... (laughs) It wouldn't be the same at home paying $20 for it. So that would suck. Uh, It is owned by Universal Pictures. There you go. Um, I think... You know, because Minions is a kids movie, like in with a very similar target demographic to Trolls, I don't know why they wouldn't put it on home video. Is Minions two coming out soon? I, I was sort of joking. Is this like a thing? I, I I have no idea. Oh, I think I saw a trailer for it once. Oh wow. Okay, this might be a thing that happens. Um, yeah, I don't know when Minions. <laughs> I don't really know when Minions two was the thing, but um. Minions: The Rise of Gru is coming out oh, in 2021. Yeah, I saw the Super Bowl trailer. Actually, I take it back. I did. That. <laughs> um, when's it coming out? You said 2021. All right, so it's yeah. I guess they're not doing that. Um, cool. Minions. Um, I, I don't know. What else are we missing from Universal? Uh, Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic Parks. Oh yeah, Jurassic Park is a big one. That's too bad. All right, well, we'll see what happens. I'll try, actually, I'll try to look into it for next time so I can have a more informed opinion. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, Joe, I promise you, if New Moons comes out, I will I will pay $26 for it and watch it. I feel about that. <laughs> oh, boy. I feel about that one. Uh, I guess I feel good about that. But I'll have to convince my family because otherwise it's not worth it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Would you yeah. like some wisdom imparted on you? I would. All right. Oh, sorry. That was Alexa. I don't know why she reacted. All right. So um, <laughs> you liked earlier, and it's from Saturday Night Fever, which is a pretty all right movie that I watched recently. <clears throat> you can't fuck the future. The future fucks you. It catches up with you, and it fucks you if you ain't planned for it. I guess that last part doesn't really matter. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's how we that's how we earn our like explicit rating for this episode. Yeah, we're we're bad. Huh. <laughs> I, it. I bet bleeping is sort of fun. Yeah, I'm not really gonna edit this one. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's a that image of me is now available. Oops. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from minds of Joe Bortner and Nick Protopapis. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at Joby underscore draws. You can read my webcomic Aeronaut at jobydraws.com. As always, Nick has nothing to promote. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It would really help with the show. Bye.